0: chapter 10 there be dragons question mark in the last chapter we witnessed astonishing evidence that the old testament bible obviously originated from a vastly superior in ancient intelligence this lends tremendously to understanding the transdimensional reality of our universe it also provides a powerful connection between the supernatural miracles answered prayers saving voices and fulfilled prophecies With that in mind, this chapter is going to take a rather bizarre turn. Dragons. First of all, most will argue dragons are nothing but myth. But the Bible and much lore begs to differ. In fact, Job 41 gives us a perfect description of a winged, invincible, fire and smoke breathing creature that had glowing red eyes and could talk. Though it's a perfect description of a dragon, the translator strangely called it Leviathan. But how odd that virtually no Bible-believing people, or any others for that matter, accepts that clear description of a dragon. Why is that? Before getting any further into this bizarre quandary, we'll continue to examine and assemble more of the bits and pieces of this most astonishing expose of what is transpiring behind a dimensional veil. Think Wizard of Oz, don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. As just noted, the Bible plays an enormous part in the delivery of the most shocking understanding and awakening in recent millennia. We seem to be living in the time of the greatest unveiling of startling hidden secrets in thousands of years. Even though our modern canon of the Bible has literally become a mix of truth and error, primarily due to translators, there is most assuredly much immortal instruction still within its pages, as we saw with the Bible Code. The written words of the Bible appear to be an amazing cipher of sorts, a cipher requiring a key, To fully unlock and understand. But that key clearly comes from outside our dimensional realm. As we see in a scripture from Isaiah 28 verses 9 and 10. It says there, Whom will he teach knowledge and whom will he make to understand the message? Or cipher. Those just weaned from milk. Those just drawn from the breasts. For precept must be upon precept, like puzzle pieces. Line upon line, here a little, there a little. But the word of Yahweh was to them, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and caught. As that amazing scripture highlights, higher spiritual understanding is given, not just from a transdimensional or spirit source, but in pictures or precepts, like puzzle pieces, bits and pieces. It seems the Bible is designed to literally not be understood, that is, without outside help. In fact, we see the Hebrew Messiah echoing that same sentiment to his disciples in Matthew 13, verses 11 through 15. He told them there that he spoke in parables so that the others would not understand because it was only given to them. Most of the Christian churches believe every word of the Bible is inspired, which is... Obvious nonsense, considering there are hundreds of translations that are all different, and some even radically. In fact, some have additional books called the Apocrypha, such as the Catholic and Jerusalem Bibles. That fact begs the question, did the Creator make a mistake in having them included, or did He make a mistake in inspiring the Apocrypha to be taken out? By most, that is. Obviously, both views cannot be correct. On the other hand, there are those that believe the Bible is simply a collection of stories for teaching with no real basis in fact. Unfortunately, this side has an enormous problem as well, something called archaeology. Archaeology has unearthed many historical writings, verifying many of the ancient Assyrian, Babylonian, Egyptian kings mentioned in scripture, including their interactions with the ancient Israelites. Also, virtually every culture on the planet has their particular version of the creation story, such as the Babylonian Numa Elish, not to mention the Assyrian flood story, the Epic of Gilgamesh and others. After many honest readings and studying of the Bible and analyzing of the two opposing views, I've been forced to ironically adopt a position somewhere in between the two. That is, the Bible was indeed inspired or mused, but not just by a divine creator alone. Other adversarial transdimensional beings have added their inspiration or two cents as well. It seems to be quite literally a mix of both sides. In fact, this dichotomy... between two opposing sides is literally everywhere we look, not simply confined to the Bible. We see it in politics and virtually all religions, but is most visible and prominent in politics. The battle theme between the forces of evil, that is communist enslavement, and good or freedom is also a major motif threading its way through most novels and movies such as Star Wars. Where then is this continuous warring of forces, ideologies, dogmas, and principles Displayed virtually everywhere on Earth, in Earth cultures, originating. Well, we have a major clue in the Book of Revelation, where a war in heaven occurred. There, we're told a dragon took a third of the angels to war against Michael, uh, a good the archangel and his angels. Well, the dragon lost the star war and was literally thrown to Earth. This is the first mention of war. If we accept the supposition, the Bible is correct to a large degree, and there really were. Or are dragons? Do we have any other supporting scriptures? Well, actually, we do. Beginning in Isaiah 14, where one called originally Helel, or Lucifer, translated Lucifer, decided it deserved the highest ranking position in heaven. Well, this is an obvious reference to the seeds of the battle in Revelation 12. But there's more. In Ezekiel 28: 12 through 19, we find a lament or a warning to a perfectly created creature who was also one of the covering angels of Cherub, who was ordained to spread its wings to cover the Creator and His throne. We are told it was created perfect in beauty and apparently every other way, and was clothed in every kind of jewel. We are also told in Ezekiel this perfect creature was in the Garden of Eden. As to the jewels with which this gorgeous creature was clothed, it was my personal opinion they were its literal scales. Reading further, we see how this dragon was corrupted, not only by its beauty, vanity, and pride, but also its merchandising, trading. Yes, according to those verses, there was a pre-Adamic trading empire. In fact, this beautiful being was called the Malak, or of that is the angelic ruler of Mars. In that lament, it was called the Melek, or ruling angel of Tyre, but Tyre is simply the Phoenician name for the Roman god of war, Mars. Remember, the war in heaven in Revelation 12, plus Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, both reference that war indirectly, adding additional details. Ezekiel 28 also tells us this creature was cast literally to the earth, which concurs with Revelation 12. With that thought in mind, and considering this creature was in the garden, it only makes sense to then take a close look at Genesis. Naturally, after losing its battle against Michael, the archangel, and being thrown to earth, we can be sure it was seething with revenge, especially considering Ezekiel 28 tells us that she, it or she was laid before her malachim, that is, the angelic kings and rulers, that is, her peers, in abject humiliation. She went from probably being the highest-ranking angel in Yahweh's realm the cherub that covers his throne and the ruler of Mars, to being the ruler of nothing. After all, her status and home world were destroyed in the war. In fact, NASA, JPL, and other agencies have confirmed Mars was anciently hit by a moon-sized object which destroyed it. That collision sent Mars careening down from its normal orbit to all but collide with Earth. It was an extinction-level event that destroyed the Earth and everything on it. We find that event chronicled in Jeremiah 4. The humanity that existed here then was destroyed and had to be recreated. In fact, the Mars probes and rovers have confirmed Mars once had oceans. But when hit with that massive asteroid, the oceans were blasted into space. Then when Mars made its close, close pass of Earth, Mars' oceans were stolen by Earth's gravity and eventually descended to become the Great Noahic Flood. We have that concept confirmed in Genesis where we're told it did not rain until the Great Flood. You see, it takes oceans to create rain. Apparently, it was Earth sucking in Mars oceans that was the original origin of Plato's stories of Atlantis sinking into the sea. In fact, many submerged ancient cities have also been found. Also, it's been proven the Mediterranean Sea was once farmland. Adding to that, Plato also alludes to Atlantis as being part of that solar or system-wide trading empire.